eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I could sit there and say, of course I love this game. I would love another opportunity to win a Super Bowl. We got there in 16 and, and you know, unfortunately pissed down our leg, which was tough, right? That was a tough, tough loss. That said, it was one of those kicks in the knees that helped me grow in certain ways. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome back to the Jim Rohn Podcast, episode 230. Training camp opened for all 32 NFL teams this week. So I tracked down somebody who ran one of those franchises for over a decade. In fact, my guest this week was the NFL Executive of the Year twice, a two-time Super Bowl champ, and he spent a dozen years as GM of the Atlanta Falcons. By now, you have probably figured it out, but my guest this week is Thomas Dimitrov. And he doesn't just have a fascinating NFL career to discuss today. He's got a brand new podcast, The GM Journey, where he rides across the country in his RV to interview current GMs. In other words, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's get right at it. It's episode 230 of the Jim Rohn Podcast with former Falcons GM Thomas Dimitrov, and it's coming at you right now. So, Thomas, it's been a minute or two. In fact, I would not do it justice. You and I have not spoken in way too long. It is great to get the opportunity to do so. My man, how are you? How is everything? You know what? It has been a while. Life has been good. I've been traveling some interesting journeys since being fired uh, about two years ago. I can't believe that, by the way. Train camp comes around right now, and I have this wave of emotion you can imagine. Sometimes I miss the hell out of being involved in the in the NFL. Other times when I'm driving around in my Sprinter van all jacked up, hitting all places all over the country with all my bikes and snowboards and everything, I'm, I'm happy as, as ever. So... It's a, it's, a, it's a dichotomy of emotions for sure. My man, I would say that nothing has changed, but everything has changed. And I think we have both those things in that response. Listen, before we talk about your latest project, I want to set the table for it by asking you something. Because I think maybe you and I, because we're similar in age, and I think maybe we're going through something similar. But I want to ask you this. Like, when you're in it whatever it is, if it is demanding enough, you give virtually everything you have to it, which means that does not leave much time for any self-reflection or, you know, real investing in your mind, your body, your soul, because you're investing almost everything you have in the thing you're chasing. This is why right now, Thomas, I'm all about personal reinvention and transformation at this point in my career and my life. Have you experienced that yourself or am I just talking out my ass? (laughs) Not one bit. I mean, as you were talking about that, I, I was I was thinking exactly along those lines. Thought about it the other day. 100% an immersion guy. I mean, if if I'm out on my my 
you know, KTM 500, you know, ripping around with my son, man, I'm immersed in that. That's what I want to be if I'm on my snowboard. If I'm in the middle of business ventures and I'm really using my mind somewhere, that's where I need to be. I wish sometimes I look back and I think about it at this age at 56 now. I think you might be 54. I can't remember. I'm 57. 57. 57. You look great. You know, we think about it often. You think life and balance, how important that is. And it's not easy to do when you're in the middle of your professions. However, when you step out of that profession like I have now, I have so many things lined up, Jim, that I want to do. I want to check every damn box from, from learning from, you know, Ryan Holiday on stoicism all the way again to, to, to climbing wherever I'm climbing or doing whatever I'm doing. So I get your point. I need to find that happy spot. All I know is sometimes I get driven back into the world that had me so firmly entrenched, that being football. And other times I'm so driven to living life. I mean, life flies by. Hopefully you and I are going to be listening to Tony Robbins and, and living into 120 or 30, right? That's what we need to do. We need to be mindful of our mind, body, and soul. And I, I totally believe in that. You nailed it. I, I agree with you. And by the way, your energy sounds absolutely amazing. You know, you mentioned Ryan Holiday, who I consider a friend, and I'm all about stoicism. I think he's written some of the greatest books of all time. Thomas, where do you come out, just to kind of go sidebar on that, like there's the Stoics. Where do you come out on the guys like that, you know, like the Navy SEAL types, Goggins, Jocko Willink, the guys that really use their force of will and personality? Do you identify? Identify with those guys too. Well, you know, it's it's it is funny. I mean, sometimes I look back and I think about one day I'm reading and immersing myself in in a, an approach like Ryan Holiday and Stoicism and and the calmness of it all, and think how beneficial that can be to my being and my approach, my leadership ability, my mentoring. And then there are other times I was driving across the country. I was coming back from Boulder, Colorado, the last three days, driving my butt off by myself, and I threw on a, a Jocko, and I'm like, man. I needed nothing more than to listen to some badass military guy talking about life and how to approach it, extreme you know, ownership. Those are the kind of things I need. So I do have this, this personality that I juggle both sides. It's kind of like the music scene for me. Some days I want certain music and other days I want others. And it's unbelievable how it can be on the opposite end of the spectrum. I believe that in my own learning and my own growth. It's, it's my personality, which I think is very flexible and something I believe in and I'm and I'm proud of. Both sides of the brain. I'm going to talk to you about your project, but this is so interesting to me on so many different levels. In terms of the NFL, like you just said it yourself, I can't believe it's been two years. There are times where I've moved on and there are other things I want to attack, but there are times like I missed out, that's my life. You know, you did that for a very long time and not only for a very long time, but at a really, really high level. But I don't care who you are. The best of the best ultimately get fired from almost everything. Help Bill Belichick, the guy you work for, was fired before. For you had never been fired. What was that like for you? Well, I mean, waking up that morning um, after Arthur had delivered it to both Dan Quinn and I at his house that night, I was amazed because I thought this is the chance to finally see the funeral. And it's uh, and I, I'm I'm obviously being respectful in that manner, but it was it was emotional. It was a, it was for me it was a wave of you know, look, it's time. I mean, I knew that deep down. I thought, look, I need, I need a change in this. Not that I didn't want to leave. Uh, I wanted to leave football, but I was, I was battling with that. And then again, I was going through these waves of emotion of being resentful, being pissed off, being happy and relieved that I didn't have to make that 55 minute drive every day. I mean, stupid little things like that, Jim, to the grand things. This is my life. This was my soul. As much as I have all these other things that I'm interested in, 
I was born and raised in the sport of football. And for me to not be involved in football on a day-to-day basis was something that was going to be a challenge for me. And, and again, whether it was jumping out, hitting the golf ball, and spending more time on the golf course to get much better. And my, my goal was always to get that much better than Rich McKay, you know, the president of the Falcons, who, who probably was a part of firing me. And I say that tongue-in-cheek. I like Rich. But, you know, all those different ideas of where I was and what I wanted to do while I was going through that 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 sort of growing stage and dealing with this. I, I mean, I swear to God, I got up this morning, I was looking at all the NFL news and I thought I'm ready. I can take this on. And it's still, it's still, it still beats at my, at my knees. And it's still something that's tough for me every day to deal with. And I'm not sure how to take that Jim. I hope that I can get over it. Maybe that's just my passion for the sport and, and my life that way. Thomas, I respect that so much. I respect that response so much. That is so real and so authentic and so raw. Bam, I love that sound because that is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is tremendous. It gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. That way, upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. We know this. I know where I started with this podcast. I know where it is right now, and I know where I want to go. Shopify is helping me with all of that and in so many different ways. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business, in fact, to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify is a big part of our business, and it powers over millions of businesses as well, from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. What I'm saying is, more than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. What you want to do is, go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase, and check out a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Once again, go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E right now. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E fact of the matter is it's not just an NFL thing I mean you never had not been around football literally from age four you were around the sport of football you grew up with the sport of football so then you're not doing this full-time right now but you're still in it because you got yourself that sprinter van you take to the road for a podcast and a project called the GM journey I know all about this for those who do not what exactly is it and then why did you want to take that on so the GM journey, uh, interestingly enough, initiated by, I'm sure you probably know David Rubenstein. He's, he's great with his, his books, of course, obviously very famous um, you know, businessman in all of his interviews. And I started reading his books thinking, we need to showcase the general managers in this league. I want to go out after getting fired, after buying this, this badass sprinter around that, by the way, Jim, I jacked up another three inches. I mean, it, it, it rolls down the highway at 11 plus feet. That thing is it is, it is big. And, and, and so I decided, look, let me take a deep breath. Instead of going to Europe and hanging out in Burgundy and drinking great wines and, and cycling over there, why don't I look at professional develop, what, the development? Why don't I pull together 
a group of my contemporaries, see if they'd be interested in spending time with me and, and, and talking about leadership, talking about everything, not, not the minutia of team building, Jim. I had no desire to talk about rosters. I wanted this to be ecumenical in a sense of I wanted business people, sport, anywhere to listen to this and gain some knowledge about not only, you know, growing and leadership and teammate, teamwork and, and team building, but also the people in the NFL. After that draft, remember when the first draft came around, when we were all drafting from home, that was the draft before I got uh, fired. There was so much feedback on trying to tap into the authenticity of the general managers and the head coaches. Remember Bill Belichick sitting there with his dog on his, in his, you know, in his kitchen. You know, I was there with my son beside me. He was picking up phones for me. No one else was in my room drafting that year. I decided, let me tap into these general managers, the ones that will do it with me, and let's have a really good down-to-earth, hardcore conversation for 35 or 45 minutes in a, in a setting. We filmed it all, by the way. And then I was going to go from GM to GM. I started, uh, Jim, from down at Jason Light. He had just won the Super Bowl that spring. I started there, went across country circuitously, all the way up to the Northwest to John Snyder, across, and I finished down the East Coast with Harry Roseman and, and Eric DaCosta, all the way down to John Robinson in, in, um, in Nashville. And we had a great 16-visit uh, show, and we did it all on the outside of this van. My, my desire was authenticity, no golf shirts for the most part, no khakis or whatever crap that people want to wear. Let's be real. I mean, I had guys wearing Metallica T-shirts, hats on backwards, and I had other people tell me, oh, if you really want a leadership group, um, sort of set up, you need to be very professional. I said, no, nah, bullshit. This is about getting our guys raw. These people are, are put on a pedestal by so many people in the NFL. They're kept in their own little pen, so, sort of, so to speak, because the owners are out there, the head coaches are out there, and the quarterbacks are out there. This is a group that does not need to be um, sort of tucked under the rug. They have too much intelligence, too much intelligence and insight to share with not only the United States, but anyone that wants to hear from them. And I really believe that. I feel quite honestly at times that the NFL GM, and this is not crying in our soup, but the NFL GM gets marginalized more than they should. They have way too much to offer this league and our nation, quite honestly. Listen, there is so much good stuff in that response. You, to me, were always kind of an outlier and an anomaly in the sense that not only were you accessible, you were accessible, you were willing to do so, but even once you did it, you were willing to be authentic and open and answer questions. You know, I think most people just assume that GMs are not accessible because they like it that way. They don't want to be accessible. Now, I understand that if you show up and you interview them, it's not even an interview, it's a conversation, and you have a conversation with them in that environment where you are outside and you're in this environment, of course you, having done what you've done with your pedigree, you're going to connect with them that way. Is it your sense, though, do you feel like these guys, the 16 of them, or most of them, really would like to be heard? They want their platform. They just don't get it. They want their platform, man. I mean, Jim, look, my feeling was when I was talking to these guys and incredibly different from person to person, all with the goal, of course, being champions in this league. But the dichotomy of personalities within that group, again, would be is amazing. They, they allowed me, some of those guys, from four to six to seven hours. That doesn't happen. That was an opportunity to sit with my contemporaries, no longer their competitors, right, Jim? So they were able to let their guard down. A lot of these guys I was close friends with. I mean, Les Snead, I'm incredibly close with. Over the years, we've distanced each other. 
this is this is an opportunity to come back, put aside the competitiveness, sit down, talking real, sharing the pains. I mean, when you get a chance to listen to Steve Kimes' uh, uh, discussion, and and Steve is a big, burly football guy through and through with Arizona, of course. He just signed a big deal here, and they're in the middle of something. Um, but man, he gets emotional in that, and he shows the real Steve Kime to the to the world. I mean, those are heart heartwarming, and I and not to be melodramatic or overly, um, you know, uh, I don't know, like emotional about it. When I was with those guys, every time I left and started driving the next six to ten hours across country, wherever I was going, that contemplative time during those hours of driving, it was amazing where my mind was going and how appreciative I was of the opportunity that you and I have to, to do really good things in the world, uh, however that is. And, and the, the friendships that I developed that I haven't really been able to stoke for a while, I'm, I'm able now to do so because we're not competing against each other. Is that not the truth, dude? I, I, I have no problem. I, I tell guys now, and I'm at a certain age and a certain point in my life, and I think about things this way. If, if I've got a friend, I've got no issue, and there's nothing weird about going, yo, bro, I love you, man. I love you. I appreciate you. And it's true. Like, I don't, do you find yourself doing this, Thomas? All like, I, I, I can't believe like when you were in it then, or even now, like where the hell did those 10 years go? Where the hell did those five years go? Yes. I want to be successful. Yes. I want to achieve. Yes. I want to kill the game, but at what cost? I mean, could, could I not have been more present and still been in that grind and achieve both those things? Do you find yourself battling that at all? Oh, no question about it. I mean, look, I, I want so badly to to sort of uh, edify my son, who's only 15 now. I want to I give him all of my knowledge. I want to give some of the people that are closer to me or, you know, 10, 15 years younger than me who want to travel the GM route. There are so many things I want to share right now because that time flew by. For me, it was 13 years in that seat, 12 and a half and I realized how quickly it flew by and how I didn't immerse myself in it as much as I wanted to and, and should have. I got a lot out of it, Jim. But again, back to uh, back to the fleeting life element. And, and I look around here now and, I, and I'm watching you and looking at you. It's really important for you to stay in shape, right? Chronological age. I mean, you can throw that out the door for me. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily like saying I'm 56, but when I go back, and I don't know about you, I want to look at myself, not not physically, I'm not talking about gray hairs or no gray hairs, because I, I have a hell of a lot now. Just being able to do the things I want to do, I want to do them like I'm 15 or 20 years younger. And that's not trying to you know, beat my chest to anyone. It's because I really want to take in as much life as I can, while I can, especially with my children and my friends. Man, there's nothing like that, brother. You know that. My, I was going to say to you quickly, those hugs that you give to your really close friends, you know, and then you hear these crazy stories about someone passing away, right? I'm sure that stokes your your world. Those hugs were some of the best things about those interviews at the end of those interviews for me with those general managers. So I have a brand new product that I can't wait to tell you about. The Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. I love this bad boy. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you know anything about me, even before my radio program became a TV simulcast, I always want to look buttoned up, always want to look professional. And part of that is making sure that I am wrinkle-free. I found myself the most powerful handheld steamer. I love it. It's fast, and there is easy wrinkle removal, an extra-large sole plate that can be used vertically or horizontally. 
And it works without steam as a dry iron. I'm talking about the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. Advanced heat technology is ready almost instantly and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Four settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics. Plus, it is easy to use and it's great both for at home or on the go. Again, I love this product. To get yours today, go to Amazon and search for Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. That's Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. The physical thing I understand, it's not just like vanity. I mean, vanity's fine. You want to look good. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. But you want to have that energy. You want to bring a certain energy to it. And you know this. Like, you've always been really physically active. I mean, you are, you are an athlete, and you always rode, and you stayed in shape. But you know as well as I do, the physical plays into the mental. And the mental one of the physical, you, you need to have a physical capacity for sure. But I can only imagine, like, the, the, the bonding that must have gone on. Because when you're talking to these 16 guys, there aren't but a few dozen people in the whole world that can identify with what you guys are talking about. About because you lived it and you know it and you know what it's like. I, I really appreciate when you say like they're they're all different. They're so different. They all have the same goal. They want to win and win a championship, but their personalities are so extremely different. Like what about Les Need? Like what can you tell me about the conversation with him? Like on the outside looking in, and I'm fascinated by Les, but what's it say about Les and the relationship that he must have with his owner and his coach both that he's got this philosophy where this guy's utterly fearless and seemingly can push every single chip he has to the center of the table and then throw in his car keys and his iPhone or whatever he has. What do you make of the way he goes about his job? Well, first of all, Les and I are, are really dear friends. You know, he worked with me at Atlanta before he got the gig at St. Louis back in the day. And we were very close prior to going into that job. He's, you know, he was a tireless worker. He was there very, very early and, and left late. He was so driven he is a driven person. He'll go toe to toe with anyone, literally and figuratively speaking, though he's not a bully or anything like that. But he he just is a believer in himself. He believes in his abilities. He believes in his, his intelligence. Of course, he's got a great wife in Kara Henderson, who's really intelligent, who pushes that side of him. We did that interview again outside of the van. We pulled out, we pulled out the awning, had our two Yeti chairs out there and the blah, blah, blah. And we were sitting out there looking over, you know, his area of the world there. I don't even know where you live out that way, but you know, we were out on his beach and, and we were just uh, we were just talking about everything that was, you know, these guys like Les, I have so much history with, whether it was doing trades with them, Jim, or whether it was, you know, hanging out at the combine, doing things, looking at players, whether it was arguing about players or whether it was, you know, Les was out here in Boulder, Colorado with me, you know, years ago, rock climbing with me and, and you know, trying to get up a rope as strong as he is. That wasn't his world. Those are the kind of things that you think about that honestly play into the ability to do a deal in the NFL that needs to be done. And I've said this time and again, I said it with John Snyder, a good friend of mine up in Seattle or Eric DaCosta, whoever it may be, you can't get a deal done in this league if you don't have a trusting relationship and, a, a, and some semblance of a relationship with your GM contemporaries. If people don't trust you, and I've said this time and again, if you're if your pigeonhole, because we all have a pigeonhole, Mine happened to be, I'd rather be out in, the, in nature. I'd rather be out in the mountains, blah, blah, blah. Some people like to party. But if your pigeonhole is full of shit, you have no chance of surviving in the NFL. And that's why it's so important to make sure that your relationships aren't full of crap and you are able to be operating and communicating on the, on the right line. 
Thomas, what about that? Like, what does that mean? I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I agree with you. You quote, we're pigeonholed as I want to be outside, like, because that's a bad thing. I want to be outside and I want to exercise and work out and get stronger. Like, who the fuck thinks that's a bad thing? Well, did anybody think that was a bad thing or do they just think that that was your thing? Like, what's your reaction to it? You know, that's a, it's a great point. Back in the day when I was just coming through the ranks, no, I got I got scrutinized a lot. I had a lot of people, God bless my dad's soul, who passed away years ago, was in the business as a scout and a coach. Oh, you're nothing like your father. You're not, you know, your father was a through and through hardcore football man. You know, I got along with everyone, of course, but there were those people out there that didn't like the way that I approached my diet. I mean, I I ate, you know, ate vegetarian and or pescatarian for, for most of my adult life. And it was no reason to be self-righteous. It was what made me feel right. And beating to your own drum, there was one of the things in this league that, that, you know, I always said to myself, and my dad said it, on his deathbed, unfortunately passed away of cancer back in 96, on his deathbed, Thomas, you travel your journey the way you travel it. I, whatever you do, I don't care what it is, be the strong person you are. I wish in the end I could have been as strong as you about, were about your principles. And I remember hearing that when it was, it was a very emotional time. And, and I believe it today. There are people out there that I know, Jim, don't necessarily appreciate my style or, you know, as we're talking about our styles, and I might not be the right fit for them. I'm sure those are the kind of people out there that are not hiring me or, excuse me, considering to hire me back as a general manager. There's a style element in this league that certain people just, you know, that's just not their way, right? So, uh, but we have to walk our own journey the way that we believe in ourselves, and we have to look in our mirror. That's cliche. I get it. But it is what I believe. No, I, I agree with you. Thomas, your father, how old was he when he passed away? Yeah, he was only 60 years old, Jim, and he had kidney cancer. And, and he was a longtime scout in the NFL. He had great respect in the NFL. He was one of those kick-ass, tough guys. That's why I used to say, everyone used to say to me, like, oh, look at you, you're 160 pounds riding bikes, probably shaving, shaving your legs. And I'm, I'm like, oh, man, don't, don't even begin to talk to me about being raised in a tough household. I'm, I'm okay. I'll hang, I'll be okay. You, you know, so it's, it's, my dad was a very important part of my life. Unfortunately passed away too, way too soon. Uh, my mother's living strong. God bless her heart at 82 and, and still wants to pick up kettlebells when she's in my house. So, so it's a, it's a, it's, it's great to have her in my life. I think I want to start this with a quick question. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well then, Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel, and it offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. 48 hours. Now that right there is a number. 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains... Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin, leaving your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. What I'm saying is, try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. So my father, Thomas, passed away when he was 59, and he had leukemia. My mother is still alive, and she's about your mother's age, 
and is super active and super strong. I don't know about your dad. Maybe you can tell me this, but the thing I learned from him, and it took me a long time to figure this out. I didn't get it at the time, but there was never, I mean, different generation, different breed, but this was a tough guy, you know, and like to your point, you know, we're not huge people. My dad was probably 5'10", maybe a buck 70, but a tough Boston guy, tough, tough Boston guy. Gets leukemia, gets into his brain, they crack open his head, brain cancer, the whole nine. Never told anybody until ultimately they all found out. But he owned a small business with my mother and didn't want any pity, didn't want anybody looking at him, asking about him. He pulls me and my sister aside and says, we're not telling anybody. I have cancer. We're not telling our parents. We're not telling our friends. We're not telling our business associates. We do not want this to be about anything but you know life and what it is. And I didn't understand it. And then even in the very end, and not to be so long-winded about this, but even in the end, I said, Dad, I don't get it. Why, why are you not upset? You're 59. Why are you not saying, why me? He said, because I did so much better than I ever expected. I never expected to marry the person I married. I never expected to have these great kids. By the way, we weren't. I never expected to have this business. And Thomas, I know for a fact he kept this guy alive for so many more years because he had such great gratitude and an attitude like what was your dad like in the end oh that that is i mean i'm getting chills listening to it because i remember sitting on my dad's my dad's uh, bed after we had gone in to visit with the doctors he came out my mom had her arm around him he was sitting up in the bed and he by that time had was emaciated you know he was just completely gone and my mom told him it's time you're going home from a religious you know we have some uh, you know strong religious background at least uh, my mother's very religious and my dad looked at her with the most unbelievable, peaceful look and said, I'm ready. We've been praying about this. I'm ready to go home. And I remember that striking me so deeply at so many levels in the same, very, very similar tough guy at the core. Didn't want people pitying over him. He wanted to make sure that we were all set up. And it set the tone for who I am 100 percent, as it I'm sure did for you. I, look, I, I. I don't want to get into arguments with people and I don't want to go toe to toe with people. I want a peaceful existence. But I also want to stand up for what I believe in, and I want to be principled about what is important to me, and, and that's something that my dad taught me, of course. I think that's really something. Let me ask you about this. Like, as a GM, what – I mean, there's – you know this as well as anybody, as a leader, executive, athlete, all the above, you don't want to get caught up in things you cannot control. And this is a hard lesson to learn, simple but easy, or simple but not easy. But I'm curious, what was it like on game days – as a GM, where frankly, you had no control, right? No control. I've said that time and again. I know Ernie, of course, he was quoted at it. That's the toughest time of a GM is game day. People said, ah, you know, our good friend, Doug Hendrickson, oh, just put your feet up on the on the table and don't worry about it. Your, your job is done. I said, are you kidding me? On one side of you, I have Arthur Blank right beside me. On the other side, I have Rich McKay, the president and, and, and you know chair of the competition committee. And we're watching. And I'm seeing things going errant on the field by our players and some of our coaches here and there, whatever. And you have no say whatsoever. You recall a few times when some GMs got out of their out of their way uh, in, um, down the wrong direction. They call down to the to the um, sideline because they just can't control their emotions. And those guys got either suspended or 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 fined a great deal. You have nothing you can do on game day, but before and after, it is a very helpless feeling. And you want to talk about stress, you know, that's the tough times. And I would tell you towards the end when things were really coming to a head and, and I had a great relationship with Dan Quinn, but as those, those games started popping off that year that we got fired a couple of years ago, 
that's tough when you see that and you know that they were on field situations that were going on and you you could not affect those and your your livelihood is up in the air and many people that were working for you that's an unnerving feeling for sure i said tom i'm kind of conflicted i don't know where i come out on this like the part of me doesn't understand why you're not a GM right now. I mean, I, I have a theory or two that you probably would share too because you're a different guy with different thoughts and you're not going to compromise yourself or what you believe. And I know you love the game. And I know you probably, tell me I'm wrong, you probably would love another shot, another challenge at, at doing the thing that you love. You love the competition. But I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, when you and I used to talk, you were authentic and you were open but not like this, dude. This energy is such an amazing energy that you could only have with the perspective that comes away from stepping away from that. So who and what do you want to be going forward? Do you want that life back or this energy that I'm feeling right now? Is this who you want to be and what you want to do? Well, I mean, another great question. I could sit there and say, of course, I love this game. I would love another opportunity to win a Super Bowl. We got there in 16 and and you know, unfortunately pissed down our leg, which was tough, right? That was a tough, tough loss. That said, it was one of those kicks in the knees that helped me grow in certain ways. I oftentimes thinking, think about having another opportunity to build a championship team. I, I just told my fiance today, I'm like, look, I, this league, I feel like it, I'm, I'm, something's lacking that way. So I love it. But then I flip over to what we're talking about right now and the, 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 the energy and what we're getting out of life for the next, you know, hopefully 40 years in our life. I don't know if I want to be sitting, you know, locked up in rooms, you know, in the NFL. It has to be an organization and it has to be an understanding that there is so much more to give back. Right. Let me let me just maybe conclude with that for you. I have this drive right now, you know, in my 50s to be a part of a really important mentoring along with the team building. Right. There is so much going on right now that I think is amazing. We touched on it in these in these um, in these podcasts when we were traveling around and doing these interviews, Jim. We reached out to every GM and asked them to bring the underrepresented rising star within their organization to interview with us for ten or fifteen minutes, and that was a that was eye opening because a lot of these people understand the direction of this league right now. There are so many good things that can happen. I would love to be a part of those. And on top of that, I would love to be a part of helping people grow and 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 win a win a win a championship. But my last thing is, but I am not going to do it if I'm going to go into an organization that someone, quite honestly, wouldn't give me give me the keys to the to the to the house and and make sure that I was leading this the way that I wanted to lead it. Arthur Blank was great to me. Don't get me wrong, but the next time I ever get an opportunity, if I were to get an opportunity, I would want someone to truly trust what I am and what I bring to the table. And, um, you know, and we'd go from there and I think we could win. I think there are a lot of really talented people out there uh, that could come together and, and, and win in the National Football League. We can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like how they require minimums and worse, how their rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, let's get back to talking sports. You know, the stuff that we talk about right here. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms do apply. 
So well said. So one last thought, one quick follow. When you talk about mentoring, and I know you, I know you have so much to offer, and you want to mentor these young rising stars, these young rising executives. Do you want to limit it to that, or are we talking about even a broader appeal where you want to mentor and and really not just make the NFL better, but make the world a better place? Because there's so there's so many horrible things, but so many amazing things about life. Would you like to mentor even more than young rising NFL executives? Well, no, I would love that. That that is that is quite myopic, and that's thanks for pressing me on that because there's no question I have a desire to to reach out beyond and and reach out definitely beyond football, reach out beyond you know management in football and and sport. There's so much out there. Recently, I was I was in Aspen spending a little bit of time with Lance Armstrong and and George Hincapi, and we were they were talking about you know Uvalde, and he's very. Uh, involved with giving back to that community, uh, community, of course, after that horrible incident, you know, and I think being a part of that feeling, being a part of giving back to that community makes me feel like there's so much more to do out there for us than games, right. Than me proselytizing about how to build the right team or the right, you know, camaraderie on a team or pull together the right quarterback or how to trade for a Julio Jones. So, you know, even through this conversation, I'm going to step back here and I'm, I'm going to contemplate, you know, I don't want to try to convince myself that I'm ready to go back somewhere if I truly believe that there's another opportunity out there that's going to allow me to, to stoke a lot of the fires within me. And that's that, again, isn't just necessarily building a football team. It's giving back. And uh, God willing, I'm able to do that for many years in the future. All right. So let me leave. Uh, I want to ask you something. I want to personalize this. I'm going to be selfish, but this is kind of where I'm coming from in one of my other side hustles, the reinvention project a podcast I've taken on. I've got it in my head that, that I'm, I'm d- just obsessed with seeing to it that my next 25 years are my best 25 years. And I mean this holistically, not in a kind of a foo-foo way, but I mean spiritually, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I want to make sure that I don't have regrets. And I'm trying to convince myself that my best 25 are in fact in front of me, not behind me. I think you can relate to this because you and I both, similar age, we both have performed at a very high level. And you could argue, and I, and I say this in all honesty, people come up to me and say, hey man, I grew up watching you on TV. Hey, man, I used to watch that TV show, and I like it, and I appreciate it, but I don't want to be defined by shit that I did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I want my best shit to be in front of me and not behind me. Do you think that type of reinvention is possible for people like us that did perform at a very high level, still want to, and still grind, but performed at a high level on a big stage previously? Um, you know, it's a, it's a really good point. I've thought about this a lot and I've thought about, I have never been and feel blessed that I have, and I've never been one that's looked back. I've never thought, I wish I was 10 or 15 years younger because, you know, I was all shredded up doing this, this, and this. I don't look at it that way at all. I look at my mind is in a different spot right now. I'm able to do the things I'm doing, whether I'm learning, whether I'm doing activities that I love doing, and it's all in front of me. That is the way I look at it. Yeah, sure, I have these aches and pains and little things from you know, falling off of my bike or snowboard or doing other crazy, stupid stuff. But that said, it is about the next stages for me. It's about helping, again, mentoring along the way. I do not in any way want to be defined as the football person I was in the first three or four years as a GM in this league. I'm proud of it, to your point. I understand when I'm talking to people in football and they want to talk, hey, how was that back in the day when you did the Julio Jones trade? You know, what were you thinking or not or whatever it was? That's fine. I want to start talking more about 
truly tell me what it's about to live in today's world, how to evolve, what's going on. I mean, look, some of the futuristic elements of what's going on in this league, and I, in, not on this league, in this world that I touched on earlier with Tony Robbins, whether you like him or follow him or not. I mean, it's amazing where we are with health and being able to monitor where, what we're doing. And, and, and some of the technology out there, not only from a health standpoint, but also from a growth standpoint and a brain standpoint, I'm more and more involved, and I don't want to, to protract here, but more and more involved thinking about uh, highly involved with continuous glucose monitoring, right? Uh, I'm a part of a group with it as well as I, I am a part of a, a study on it to monitor where we are when they are, when they are associating insulin resistance with potential Alzheimer's in, incidents as well as cancers. We all need to be smart about how our metabolic you know, uh, health is and how we're operating. It's an area that I'm very intrigued with, and I think it does set the tone for me as, as I go forward health-wise. My man, I got some of the worst gut health ever, and I, I totally appreciate what you're saying, and I need to get better that way and improve that way. That you, you have so many things that you're so locked in. You know what's amazing? Even in this day and age, there are people who do not understand where to find podcasts. So just humor me. Where do they find the GM journey? And is there another season planned or is there something in the can already? What are you going to do with this going forward? Yeah, so what we're doing going forward is our, our plans and my plans. I would love to get six or seven more general managers. To your point, Jim, it's, it's just it's drawing at me. I would love to spend some time with six or seven owners from a GM to owner perspective and be able to authentically press them on questions, you know, again, respectfully, I would love to continue to venture outside of that because I think, you know, even though it's not the same sport, if I were to be able to go in other places and, and talk to, to uh, managers of other sports, whether it's over in the European leagues or whatever it may be, I would love to be able to tap into that. So that's something that, that we're potentially looking at. Um, this is, you know, Spotify, Apple, wherever you go, the GM journey, it's, it's, it's a real easy find. And again, this is not about me on there, man. Those, those GMs are doing a hell of a job. And uh, not only are they, they showing their authentic self, they're really providing some cool insight, you know, for the rising executives, whether it's sport or not. It absolutely is about them, but it's absolutely also about you. I'm trying to let you go. One last thought. Why, why the Sprinter van? Why travel the country that way? Why creatively do it like that instead of getting onto an airplane? So my thought was, again, the, the idea of being able to professionally develop, the idea of being able, to, being able to do an activity with every general manager. That was my goal. I wanted to go in, for instance, Jim, went started down in Tampa with Jason Light. The next day we were doing the interview, but we were rolling cigars in Ybor City. Then I went over and spent time with, with Mickey Loomis out in, in the French Quarter and spent a ton of great time there all the way up to, you know, we were riding fat scooters with Steve Kime out in Arizona you know, all the way up to, we were hanging out. I don't even know if you know him, but we were hanging out with John Schneider up in, in Lake Washington, riding around on his boat with a guy named Pat Monahan, the lead singer of Train. We had a great leadership conversation to spending time with, you know, Robbie Ventura, pro cyclist, talking about Lance Armstrong and, you know, the most competitive person he's ever been around in my life. To be able to tap into all these different genres of leadership and growth, that's what really, really stokes my fire. Shit. I have to. Did you just say Lance Armstrong is the most competitive person you've ever been around in your whole life? He's the most competitive person I've ever been around. The very first time I met him, I don't know if I ever shared this with you. I get hooked up with him by George Hincapie, his domestique. I go out to Aspen. 
I told him this the other day. I said, the first time I saw you, I walked up with my bike and you looked at me and you said, can you fucking ride? That's what, what better response from Lance Armstrong could you get? Amazing. Amazing. Thomas, my man, I, I came and tell you, like, I knew you and I would connect the way we always have, but this, I didn't mean to keep you so long. Sorry about that, but I get caught up in things that interest me. I could not be more interested and more fascinated or more pleased that you and I could come together. Let's please do it again soon. Thank you very much. And what a tremendous, tremendous catch up that was. Love the catch up. Thank you so much. And anytime, I'd love to stay in touch. And I, even outside, when the time is right, uh, there's, there's a lot of. Uh, I'll let you go on this, but the parallels are unbelievable. And uh, I, I've always loved your energy on it. And I'm trying to find people like that in my life that are, you know, they're just, there's, there's so much to tap into. Thank you, Jim. My man, Thomas, that is a different, different dude. A different dude who pretty much crushes any preconceived notion of what an NFL GM should act like or sound like. And he just rocked the original side hustle the way I knew he would. What a great, great conversation. And if you're looking for more great conversations similar to that one, take a second and subscribe because we have so many more coming. And if you subscribe right now, you will be the first to know every single time a fresh ep does drop. So make sure you do that. And while you do, I will leave you with a few voicemails. First new message. What's up, man? Smack. This is Chris in Southeast Wisco. The next time you're up in God's country, why don't you swing through my hood? I'll show you a good time. We can hit up my neighborhood Hooters or have another dynasty going. That's right. All those waitresses love me, smiling at me, writing their names on my receipt. They even bring me that hot sauce caddy and I don't even have to ask for it. Like I said, it's a motherfucking dynasty, clones. Message deleted. Next message. Jim Rowe, Matthew in Indiana. Well, sort of. I'm in Ocean City, New Jersey right now. The James Kelly flatulence segment, man. Classic. I laugh so hard. I don't know. Some of us never grow up. I teach writing at an elite institution, and yet I'm basically still 11 years old inside. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. The part jokes get to me every time. Keep up the great work. Later. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim, this is David from Buffalo. I'm calling in about that Chris from southeastern Wisconsin guy who calls into the jungle. That dude is not a dynasty at all. Him saying he's a dynasty is like the Phoenix Suns saying they're a dynasty. Chris from southeastern Wisconsin saying he's a dynasty is like Jeff from Richmond teaching a fitness class. Chris from southeastern Wisconsin saying that he's a dynasty is like saying Tiger Woods is going to break Jack Nicholas's record of majors. Chris from Southeastern Wisco, this guy's saying he's a dynasty. It's like Otis and Austin speaking clear English. It just doesn't work, Chris. You're not a dynasty. There's a better chance we're going to see the Tampa Bay Rays sell out every single game for the rest of eternity than you will ever be a dynasty in the jungle. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. This is Bob in L.A. This Trevor Bauer thing with them hanging over their head, the cloud, with this suspension. How are the Dodgers going to do anything? If you notice, 
They haven't released Powell because they can't. They know, I know, and you know, that suspension is going to be lifted. There is no way the uh, baseball commission is supposedly unbiased thing goes for a two-year suspension. For a, two years, no one's ever done it, and it happens to cover his whole contract. They're going to do something like that. Let them be able to go for a big deal for somebody else because they got $64 million hanging over their head. That was my rant on it. just want somebody to know how stupid that thing really is. And as a Dodger fan, it's just ruining me that the Dodgers have to be handcuffed with this. Thanks for listening to me, Jim. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. Rob from Reno. So while you were out in Wisconsin at Year Lake, I was backpacking west of Tahoe in Desolation Wilderness. For a week, I got to just be on the lake. I had it all to myself, like absolutely epic. No media, no phones, no anything. My media was the birds. My media was the bears, and it was just an incredible unplug, so I can relate. Nature rules, and you rule, and your show rules, and yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Message deleted. You have no more messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.